0: (laughs) Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome everybody to
1: the Gridiron Blitz. Episode 377 in the house, Oscar Lopez. We're going to have a great show today. We have the quarterback and owner of the San Diego Rebellion. What an amazing season they've had this year. So Nenji Martin will be here in about 15 minutes in the Mikey Night fight huddle. And then we're going to be diving into the WFA playoffs in terms of the Massey ratings and where they stand in terms of D3, D2. Uh, we'll start to dissect D1 next week. But for the most part, we're going to dive into the WFA uh, Massey ratings for D3 and D2 uh, with Mark Simone here, he'll be here in about an hour. So we'll break down everything in the women's game, including the WNFC power rankings. Uh, The new power rankings should be out this week. Uh, I believe Thursday or Friday is when they'll release the week six power rankings. The week five power rankings are already out. So you can go directly to WNFC on Facebook or go directly to the hub at Facebook.com forward slash uh, Gridiron Beauties. So you get the lowdown right there. Uh, Players of the Week this week, Shantae uh, Bonds of the Boston Renegades. That was the Week 6 Player of the Week for the WFA. Uh, we also had uh, Players of the Week for, I believe, the WNFC. And that was, uh, let me write it down here, I think it was uh, Regina Jackson of the um, Mississippi Team there, and then um, let me see here. I have rotor down as well. Players of the Week WNFC. If I can find them. Oh, Megan, Megan Lewis of the Denver Bandits as well. So congratulations to uh, Regina, Jackson, and Megan Lewis. And uh, the Mississippi Panthers uh, after their little bye week here, really improving this week. Surprised a lot of people. They literally have to run the table to make the Atlantic Conference playoffs. And it's only uh, what we got about two weeks to go. So two weeks they got to win three in a row um, for them to make the playoffs at this point. So they look pretty strong uh, coming off their bye week at this point. So we will see how you know they roll going forward here in the tough Atlantic. Uh, Born to Play, if it just came out before we came on the air, Born to Play will be on Hulu. So if you don't have Hulu. You can get a free trial. The link's right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand You get the lowdown right there, and you get to watch the documentary, the 2020 documentary uh, that everybody was raving about. Barry Liverman and company did a great job there. So you can go to Born to Play on Facebook, or you can go right there to the link, and we have it linked up to their page as well. And you go right there to the link on Hulu, and you can watch it starting, I believe, today. So you get a free trial on Hulu if you don't have it, and then uh, you can unsubscribe off the free trial. So re- before the 30 days, so you don't have to pay much of anything. So get a free trial and then get to watch Born to Play. So it's really a really awesome documentary. If you missed it, uh, one of the probably the best documentaries of 2020. All right, um, we're talking the season in the WFA and the WNFC, but as we, as you all know, we cover everything women's American football, and we are going to be overseas. As soon as the WFA and WNFC seasons uh, conclude in July and August, once that seasons are done, we are going to be overseas in Germany, and we're going to be overseas in Finland, and then uh, on the horizon will be the Australian season in New South Wales, and Queensland, as well as over in, uh, in Europe. So we're going to be pretty much everywhere else after that. You can stay up to date on everything that's happened at the best network on the planet, and that is at the hub at Facebook. Dot com for slash gridiron beauties. Uh, we want to give condolences to the Kiel Baltic Hurricanes in, out of the AFBD in Germany. Uh, Thomas Krohn passed away on May 20th. Uh, we were given information from our network over in Germany, and Thomas Krohn, one of the pioneers of the German game, a uh, sub- big supporter of women's football in Germany, and so uh, you know it was kind of a sad uh, state. Um, it's a, you know, nice, nice individual that contributed to the sport in Germany to grow women's tackle football in Germany. So, um, you know, our condolences go out to his family, his wife, and uh, obviously the participation of the Kiel Baltic hurricanes who have done a tremendous job with them and their organization. And he worked there, I think for over, over 20 years. So a lot of laboring on his part to, uh, bring the sport to Germany. And so uh, we, uh, you know, rest in peace, Thomas Krohn uh, of the Kale Baltic Hurricanes in Germany. All right. If you missed highlights of the Finnish Division One kickoff this weekend, highlights are right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. S-A-J-L Division I, uh, Tampiri Saints, who scaled down from the uh, Maple League last year now to Division I, um, they took care of business 32-6. to six. The uh, brand new club in Wassa, the Wasa Royals. So uh, the season, uh, I believe, ends in July. July 3rd is when the season start uh, starts now, but they end up, you know, finishing up in July in terms of the Maple League. It's usually within a two month span, um, almost three month, 90 day span. So they'll they'll play it towards the end of July, and then the playoffs start obviously in August. Uh, the other team was the Northern Lights, 50 to zero against the J- Jyväskylä Jaguars. So that was a pretty awesome, uh, you know, two-game slate in Finland. So you go right there at the hub, facebook.com, forward slash views You get the lowdown right there, plus uh, uh, still photos from the T- Tampere Saints' uh, victory against Wasa Royals. Uh, Maritime Women's Football League, the uh, the, uh, the St. James Storm, 41-0 over the Fredrickson Lady Gladiators. Uh, this is going to be setting up the playoffs for next week in the Maritime. We'll keep tabs on that. Uh, thanks to... Uh, to Trina Grace for uh, giving us the updates of we're in Canada. And so we'll keep tabs on what the result will be for the championship on the Super Super Bowl that they have on the final. So it was uh, Storm 41-0, Fredrickson Lady, Gladiators um, 0. We were having action in the IWFA. Unfortunately, one of the games got canceled, Texas uh, Legacy, against, uh, I believe, the Divas, Austin Divas. That was a forfeit by the Divas. It was canceled. The other game, uh, don't have results yet. The, the league has not updated the results in terms of the Ravens game. So as soon as we get the results from Ravens links, I believe it is, uh, we'll go ahead and update it at the hub at facebook.com forward slash beauties. If you guys are looking for us on Twitter, unfortunately on Twitter we are suspended. Uh, we were suspended last uh, couple of days ago. Uh, Because we had posted a compilation video uh, and it was an infraction or infringement on a DMCA uh, video with an app that doesn't exist anymore. So we appealed it. Unfortunately, they did not accept our appeal to reinstate our account. Uh, I believe we're going to be suspended for a 30-day window. So if you guys are chasing us on Twitter or messaging us on Twitter, I apologize to our fans there. Uh, Unfortunately, it is what it is with uh, Twitter. Sometimes Twitter and their algorithms ends up going almost 10 years back, and anything that you've done over the last 10 years in terms of any type of violation or suspension, they will suspend your account and trigger your account. It happens a lot in terms of certain accounts on Twitter. I know a lot of people on Twitter, and they get suspended uh, once in a while as well for just sharing or tweeting, so it's very, uh, very harsh in terms of the Twitter scene in terms of what you uh, what content you put out and what you share as well, so their uh, their rules are really strict. And unfortunately, we were one of the um, you know bystanders of, of you know of some uh, some of the video that the app is no longer available. But they, the music company still uh, flagged us, and so we were suspended on Twitter for a 30 day window. So hopefully, we'll get the account back uh, at this point. But if you need to reach us, we're at Facebook or our Instagram as well. That's where we're at most of the time as well. So I do apologize to our fanatics on Twitter. We should be back up and running within a 30-day period. And so uh, that's what happens on social media. Sometimes you get jailed. So we got jailed, unfortunately. Um, the other big news came out of Mexico, FX Mexico and Fadet, Uh They joined together um, to uh, do FX Mexico North. And Fadet, uh, they're going to be doing interleague uh, play to uh, areas. So it's going to be Central Mexico for FX Mexico. And then up north, uh, it's a combination of uh, an announcement that was unionized. So they're basically working together. Uh, FX Mexico Norte uh, will be working with Fadet in Mexico. So it's pretty pretty awesome and exciting right there. Um, AFE uh, All-Stars also made the announcement this week uh, on the women's side. They're going to have the Patriot Games on September 11th. Uh, 2021, Patriot Games will take uh, into account a couple games there. You can get the details right there at the hub at facebook.com. You can take the link right there also for AFE USA All-Stars. You get the details right there. There is a registration uh, deadline. It's going to be, I believe, July 11th. It's when the draft will be uh, drafted for the players that obviously register between now and, I believe, July 11th. Um, So if you are interested in participating in the Patriot Games, uh, they're going to be September 11th. A hundred of the best uh, women's tackle football players will be participating uh, at the Patriot Games. So uh, the deadline, like I said, is going to be pretty much July, probably first week of July or the middle of July. The draft date for the teams to be specified that will compete international level, I believe it's Mexico. It's going to be at the Americas Bowl in Mexico. So July 11th is the, uh, the draft that they will have, but the registration is ongoing right now. And if you go to the Hub, also, you got to check out Jessica Reese of the uh, Sin City Trojans and J-Rock of, I believe, the uh, Atlanta Phoenix. Uh, they're both uh, in competition for a, to be on the cover of hers Muscle and Fitness magazine. So if you guys want to support them, uh the links right there for Jessica and you can look up also um to look up for J Rock as well and you can vote daily for both of these stars to see which one they're on opposite groups as well. So you can vote daily and see if we can get them into the top spots to uh represent women's cycle football on the cover of Hers magazine. So we'll see if um one of them can, you know, get into the cover. Uh, It would be awesome to kind of spotlight the the players in women's tackle football. So if you check it out right there, you can get the link, go on to the site, and then uh, just remind yourself to do it daily and just put a vote on there as well. You can do warrior votes as well, just like we did before with a couple other athletes that um, submitted their submissions in there as well. Uh, Congratulations to Helsinki Wolverines. Uh, They were named Team of the Year in the Finland-American football Association for their uh, awesome success of four years running as champions. Um, so congratulations to the Helsinki Wolverines ladies out there; they were awesome. And then the bombshell news came out of uh, Helsinki as well from our contact and Janika uh, Nikander and Emma Yarn, uh, some of the one of the premier standouts in the Helsinki Wolverines organization. They will be uh, overseas this year. They will not play in the SCAL. They're going to go over to Germany, and they're going to play for the runner-up Strike Guard Scorpion Sisters uh, in the AFBD season. So we're looking forward to that. You get the articles right there, the breakdown of their story, and how they're they're venturing over to Germany. They're also not just playing on Strike Guard Scorpions. They're also doing other things in terms of football-related, in terms of coaching and other things. So they're getting, like, internships in that regard to just get more um, involved with American football. So uh, really exciting. Uh, top athletes right there for Finland. So uh, check it out at the Hub. A couple articles right there in, con- concerning their journey to Germany. Uh, Berlin Cobras, AFBD, uh, ladies' champion, multi-time champions, probably the best team in Germany a, in American women's American football history. Uh, Berlin Cobras, kind of similar to the Boston Renegades in that sense, as well. Uh, pretty top-notch team, and they're they're getting ready for the season kickoff. So as soon as the schedule is disclosed in terms of the D1, uh, DBL1, and DBL2, uh, we'll go ahead and start tracking uh, the results and the matchups there in terms of what's going to happen in Germany. Uh, so a lot of happening there. And then there was a celebrity softball game classic over in Arlington, Texas. Uh, a couple of the former LFL uh, superstars, uh, Chassie Morales, uh, Nicole Peterson, and Nancy Guerra uh, of the Acoustics, the Austin Acoustics. Uh, they were part of the celebrity softball classic in um, Arlington. So you can check out there. Uh, if you follow Nancy Guerra and Nicole Peterson, you got some of the photos there of the uh, awesome time that they had at the event in Arlington which was done pretty pretty awesome as well. So you can check out all the photos right there. Uh the other excitement that's happening is uh uh the Maple League will, and the Division 1 schedule came out. We got the preview right there of both leagues uh from the com. so you can take a look at it right now and get ready for Finnish women's American football season that's going to come up here as well. Uh Amber March Mar- 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 Susi, the story from her in Italy. There's also a breakdown right there of her as well. There's two awesome articles that you guys can kind of dive into. It has to do with uh, the rise of women's sports in a situation where 2020 really brought in um, kind of heightens, especially for the National Women's Soccer League and for uh, the WNBA. Uh, so it's a cool article by gritdaily.com. Check it, check it out. The Rise of Women's Sports right there. And then you also have another article, uh, Follow the Money Data, that was done by Yahoo Sports. Interesting article there, given the fact that we have alternative methods to uh, get us women's sports exposed and exposured out. So um, kind of like what the WNFC is doing with via networks. So we will see, you know, how that's going to work out. But it's pretty inter- interesting article how we've, because of streaming services, we're able to get that going as well. So let's go into the Monkey Knife Fight Huddle right now. We're going to be talking to the owner and quarterback and uh, team USA champion uh, Nenji Martin the second here.
2: Nenji is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to
1: $50. Nenji, how's it going? Nenji, are you on? Nanji, are you on? Can you hear me? Nanji, uh, can you hear me? I don't know if Nanji's on or not. Let me double check for her. Uh, let's find out if she's on. One second here. Let's see here. Um, see if we can call in. I'll have her call in now. Let's see here find that out right now. See one second here. And see if she's got... She's coming on here. Uh, let's get her on. See if she's on right now. Let's see here. Nengie, are you on? Are you on, Nengie, Martin? I think she hung up. Okay, so we'll try to get... Try to get her uh, to come on here in a second here. It should be coming back on here. All right, here we go. All right, so we'll get her on. All right, Nanjie, is that you? Nanjie, are you on? Hello? Hey, Nanjie, can you hear me? Hello Benji, can you hear me? Hey, can you hear me? I
3: can. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you uh pretty well. How's it going today?
3: So I am mostly hear myself. Um, can you hear me at all? Oh, it's going pretty good. Just done with a high school. Okay. So it's I'm probably like maybe Catholic the connection? And repeating. I can hear list it- very small and then I'm talking over myself talking to you.
1: Yeah, I can hear echoing. I don't know why. It's cr- uh, okay. crazy. All right. Um I think we uh, I think we'll just start with that and see what we can do. Um uh, uh, Nancy You got it? Okay. Um Can you hear me can
3: you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I still mostly just hear myself.
1: Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now or no? No? Uh, maybe what? maybe the, I don't, no, I don't it's know if the me. phone is, what was that? I don't even
3: hear anybody
1: else anymore. Uh, can you hear me now? I don't know if you can you hear me? I can hear you moving around. Can you hear me or no? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Are you on right now? Can you hear me at all or no?
3: Still not hearing anything myself.
1: Okay. Uh I don't know if it's me or maybe uh, out there. Cause I, I can hear you clearly.
3: I'm going to try calling back.
1: Okay. Awesome. All right. We'll wait for it to call back. I'm pretty sure it's probably the stadium connection. Sometimes wifi is not that great and phones do get, you know, certain aspects of it cut off, things like that. So we'll try again here and see if that works out for us as well. Um, so we're going to have her call back in a second here and see if that works out better with the connection that's happening here. So we'll go from there. Um, so I was talking about how we're going to dive into the WFA and the WNFC um, Massey ratings for the WFA, Division One, Division Three, and then we're going to dive into the rankings for the WNFC. Let's see if she can get her back on here. Here we go. Hi Can you hear me now?
3: Yes, way better.
1: Okay, awesome. I don't know if it was probably where you were at, uh, sometimes the walls you know I mean it cuts in and out and stuff all good yeah we're all good
3: cool. can you hear me I can
1: okay awesome are you hearing? Um, I just want to bring okay. you on because you guys are, you guys are going to have this huge game coming up this Saturday against Las Vegas so uh, yeah. and um, I don't know about you but we've been following you guys on IG all year in 2020 and you guys were muscling up, working out, doing your virtual workouts and everything else, and uh, guess what? Here you are, uh, literally undefeated, going into the last game and then uh, getting into that playoff-ready state.
3: Absolutely. Um, our, our team has been putting in a lot of work, um, both here in San Diego and uh, in L.A., um, where they basically do, you know, their own sort of battle training workouts, and they were doing the breakfast crew workouts. So uh, it's really been uh, – a team push this year, which
1: is great. MJ, uh doesn't seem like it's a one-man show from 2019 where it was mostly you. At this point, it's been more of a, a kind of a balanced attack on both sides of the ball. Defensively, you guys have been really good.
3: So uh, you kind of broke up for a second. Can you repeat that, please?
1: No, I was saying uh, it, it wasn't the same as 2019 where it's basically offensively it was like a one-man show. You it's kind of like a balance of stock on both sides.
3: Yeah, you know, um, that was the great thing about the off season. We added a, a bunch of players from the Los Angeles area, some of whom I'd played with before. Um, with the surge, um, you know, ending, we were able to pick up some of those players. So uh, for us, our program, you know, we, we knew that we were building something for the long run. And so to be able to bring in the kind of athletes that, that we brought in was huge for us. Um, but it's definitely uh, been a, a, a fun thing to watch from the sidelines this year. You know, I've, I spent so much time playing defense that getting to sit back and, and enjoy that defensive show has been really fun and, and rewarding for, for myself and for, you know, those players to really get to show out on a team that's really got their backs and really supporting them.
0: Uh,
1: Mindy, uh, Seattle did not want to go down uh, without a score last, the last game, and they were trying to spoil your uh, 12-quarter streak. So that was kind of like, I don't know, it was kind of interesting to watch them trying to score in the last quarter there just to break the streak. So that was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, they are a tough team. You know, we made sure that we told uh, all of our players, especially our rookies, that, you know, we beat them once, but that that meant nothing. You know, they're they're well coached, they have a ton of athletes. I've played against a lot of their players before and you can't you can't ever let up against a team like that. You know, we, we got uh, really lucky in that first half that we were able to sort of maintain in the second half we kinda of picked up some momentum offensively. But our defense has just been so stout for us all season. You know, they've they've even when our offense has struggled, they've kept us right in it.
1: Um, Ninji, what, what What do you attribute to success here? Is it more team bonding because of the 2020 COVID, you know, more more uh, um, virtual positional training and everybody working on their own and trying to, you know, get better at, the, at their own fundamentally positions? Do you, you, you feel like maybe that was the key to your team success at this point or just the fact that everybody just put in more work?
3: Um, I think for our program, it started with our culture, and our culture is really about – um, you know, that 1%, that, that growth every day, and making sure that our vets are helping bring along our rookies. You know, it's not, hey, I'm a first-string player, this is my spot. It's, hey, I'm first string, you're second string. Let's, let's get you right behind me so if something happens, we're ready to go. I know that in the off-season and with 2020, um, our coaches really, you know, dug in and were able to really focus on the mental side of it, which in women's football, with two practices a week, um, maybe a film day here and there, you just don't get because you spend so much time preparing for your next opponent. So with that, that, you know, break, as much as it hurt not to be playing all of our players got mentally better at football, which then translates to those skills on the field because they're thinking less so they're playing faster.
1: And I agree. I think it shows on the defensive side of the ball, you have a lot more um, on the linebacker score. You have a lot more, a lot more consistency now than we did before, and I think that's one of the keys to your success this year. Not so not so much on the offense, but offense you guys are putting up pretty good numbers. But defensively, man, they your team has really shut down people.
3: Yeah, you know our our linebacking core um, between Mercedes, Tyler, um, Cash, Lopez, um, they're they're just wreaking havoc on offenses, and that's you know, speaks to their level of play as athletes and it speaks to the level of coaching and support that they've been given. You know, they've all come to our coaching staff and said, you know what, I was a football player before, you made me a better football player. And so I think that, that that's the the difference this year is that we're not just athletes running around on the field. We've got, you know, solid football players who really understand the game and understand what they're seeing in front of them.
1: I think the IQ level has really risen. Um, you are the surprise team of the WNFC. And you guys have stayed in that top five ranking for consistently for, uh, I think, almost four to five weeks now. So um, your expectation this weekend against Las Vegas, they're hot. Uh, they got new coaching staff as well. Carrie and, Chris, and Christy out there kind of revamped this whole program. And compared to what they were doing in 2019, uh, it's a totally different Silver Stars team. So what are you looking forward to this weekend?
3: Yeah, you know, um, we talk about Las Vegas. They're always tough competition. They always have great athletes. We've coached against Dion before. So for us, you know, watching their film, seeing the nuances to their offense, the physicality of their defense, we're excited for a good competitive game. You know, we always talk about uh, enjoying the win, and then, you know, once Monday hits, we're back to 0-0. So our goal this week is to go 1-0, just like it's been every week. Um, so for us, it's it's just another opponent. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to diminish Las Vegas because what they're doing, uh, is amazing. I, I believe they're four and one. Um, you know, they're taking names, kicking butt. And so we're just excited to, to get to play them and, you know, to get to show what we've been working on all year.
1: Is this a for us fans? Do you, do you feel this is going to be a playoff preview of some sort?
3: You know, we've been talking about that a little bit as a coaching staff. Um, we definitely see Vegas being in the playoffs, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're who we have to face in that first round. With the way they're playing, it would not surprise me.
1: So I, I want to give you a shout-out to yourself because you have taken the the role on offense where you're not running around as much as you were in 2019, and the the line has really kept you upright to make plays and get more first downs, uh, limit your third downs at, at this point. So, uh, you know, what, what do you say about the front line there?
3: Man, our offensive line um, has – stepped up huge this year between our head coach, um, Brandon Archie, um, our offensive line coach, Ebony Chambers. uh, The two of them have, Taken our, that group, and they've made them just a force. Uh, you know, everything that I do and everything that our running backs do is, is because of the effort and the time that they put in. You know, they meet at least twice a week, just on their own, to do either field work or on um, meet with their coaches to talk scheme stuff. So for me, as a quarterback, it's been huge because having that level of trust in the people in front of me has given me the ability to really, you know, be more of a passer and not just have to, to do everything with my feet. Um, it's given, you know, Adriana um, lanes to run wild and so. So, you know, we, we credit them for everything we do.
1: For the Rebellion, this last year after the 2019, uh, you guys started analyzing this stuff. And like you said, you started uh, recruiting and everything else. So big difference, right, to, get, to have an actual recruitment uh, kind of gap in a season? It makes a big difference, huh?
3: It does make a big difference. I think the program that we've been building is what's been getting people's attention. Um, you know, we had uh, a large portion of L.A. players who were unsure where they were going to play, and they came to our tryout and saw the level of just the tryout, the level of coaching they were getting at a tryout, and that for them sort of showed them what they were going to expect. We do uh, Sunday workouts. Anybody, I, we open up to anybody, doesn't matter what team you're from, come get a workout in, and in those we promise that you're going to learn something. You're going to learn football fundamentals, football technique, whether it's hip tracking that I do with USA football, stuff to help with tackling, stuff like that, route running, all that blocking stuff. We make sure that, that we're giving our players as much benefit as they are giving us their time. So, I, you know, the off season was great for us. The, you know, off year was great for us. But it's really been our program that I think has, has gotten people to buy in and has shown them that this is, a, this is something they want to be a part of and something they want to help build.
1: Yeah, I think it's been very exciting, especially for uh, us fans watching week to week. Uh, you guys have literally stayed very consistent. And in terms of the rankings, you guys are ranked pretty high consistently, and we, we know why. So, um, considering one of the best teams in the West besides Utah, uh, that's going to be another obstacle for you guys. But, you know, getting through Las Vegas is, our, like you said, the first obstacle. But Utah has been pretty strong all year, so are you guys looking at – what the potential matchups are going to be once you get to the playoffs or are you just analyzing Vegas for now?
3: I mean, I think as a coach, um, I know myself, I know our other coaches, you always kind of peek at them. You always want to get a look at them. But when it comes to game planning and, you know, really deep diving on film, we stick to the the opponent that's in front of us just to make sure that we don't lose focus of of the goal. Because in this league, if you drop one or you drop two, you could be out of playoffs. Um, And so – for us, it's been really important that we focus on the next game up. That we're ready for that opponent. That that's the game that matters.
1: Nenji, you like? Do you like this uh, type of scheduling? The the rivalry uh, built-in scheduling. I think this is very uh, very nice for the WNFC, especially now that you're pretty much front and center on like Viar Sports and Score uh, Sports uh, Score 58. So it's like fans are diving in, and it's like. For us, it's kind of like very exciting to say, like you said, it's a do or die, because you start the season, if you drop one, drop two, it, it could be detrimental just to the fact that now you got to run the table.
3: Absolutely. You know, um, San Diego Digital Imagery, who does our stream, they've been doing it since 2018. So we... Um, for all four years that we've, or three seasons that we've played, we've streamed all of our games. We take them with us everywhere we go just to make sure there's always a consistency in the level that our fans get to watch. Um, but for us, you know, with the WNFC, we love the schedule. We love having competitive games. I think there are players on our team that wish that we didn't have to face anybody twice. Um, we'd love to be able to play six different teams and then, you know, see who comes out for playoffs. But, um, you know, we love what the WNFC is doing. we're we're always happy to face a team like Seattle twice. It's always great competition. Um, You know, getting to play Las Vegas, they're a tough team, and so I know it's going to be a great game for the fans to watch.
1: Do you feel like that is an intriguing uh, type of aspect that the league takes into account, the regionality? And I really think it works well because even if you take Seattle twice, it, it just basically becomes like a bitter rivalry. So, you know, Southern Cal versus Northern Northwest, uh, I really – it's kind of like a college feel, you know, when you have UFC taking on Washington State or something like that. So I, I really think it works. And you guys – you guys between you and Seattle, it's always been sort of a grind to when you guys are facing each other.
3: Yeah, it's absolutely right. You know, last year we only got to play them once. We played L.A. twice last year. So I'm not sure if the league's going to keep doing that, where every year it's going to be a different team that you get to play twice. Um, something like that I think is really intriguing because, um, you know, one year you play one team one time and the next year you have to face them twice. And so with that second game, there's always a, a new level to it because you've seen how they play you, you know, they, they kind of have an understanding of what you like to do. And so it's about um, what you can come up with to give yourself a, a better opportunity to be successful, you know, how you think they're going to change and scheme for you. So uh, I'm, I'm loving the rivalry that, that, you know, is building with us in Seattle. And, you know, I just hope it continues. I, I know that, uh, nobody really likes us right now, so I think everybody's out to get us, which we love. We want that. We want that smoke.
1: Well, I, I know everybody's out to get you because you are the team in the West, the hottest team in the West, bar none, for this year. And uh, us fans are totally excited for what you guys have done and transformed the whole program in, in terms of this season. And defensively, I mean, you guys are just – they're killing it. Defensively, you're killing it. And you'll need defense if you're, you're going to face a Utah, for example – who is pretty much high, high-powered offense.
3: Absolutely. Our defense is going to be crucial for us um, when it comes to playoffs um, because you play two games in three days. So no matter what happens that first game, if you come of it with a win, you know you're going to be facing a tough opponent because they, it's either Utah or they beat Utah is my guess. And, um, you know, so defense is going to be key. Everybody's going to be a little beat up, so it's going to be who's got that extra juice in the tank. Who's really fired up? Who wants it more? Um, also, which coaching staffs are, are better prepared and have been able to, you know, game plan for two teams, so to speak? So I'm, you know, I know myself. I'm really excited. I know our coaches are really excited about it. None of them have played in a tournament style like this. Um, you know, myself and Katie have, and, and Ev has with Team USA, where we played three games over a week span. But it's, mm-hmm. it's a fun experience. I got to announce it last year to in uh, 2019. So it's fun being part of it. Um, I'm excited to play in it for sure.
1: All right. Uh, Ninja, you're an owner of the league. Um, you know, WNFC has stood out. You got streaming via sports. You got a lot of uh, you know, options to watch it. No excuses where you can't watch it. You got multi- g- multitask uh, gaming where you can watch it like red zone in a way. Um yep. how proud are you of terms of the leadership as being part of being an owner in this league where you're making, you know, you're basically leveling up almost every year and I'm pretty sure next year is going to be more than likely another level.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Katie and I, Katie and I are super excited to be a part of it. Um when OJ approached us day one, we we were pretty much ready to go. You know, I I've known OJ Um, since the early 2000s, playing red football up in San Luis Obispo County. And her passion for football, um, you know, is something that I admire. I think it it matches mine, you know. um, And with Katie's business sense, when we took a look at what they were doing, the two of us just said, this is great. This is what women's football needs, is um, people that are willing to push it, people that are willing to step their game up, and they're willing to ask more of not just the teams that are a part of it, but anybody that wants to be a part of it. And so I think that's why it's been so successful is because everybody has to level up. You know, there's no minimum expectation. There's only meet this or, you know, kick rocks. This is what we're doing. This is what we're pushing for.
1: The parity in the league, I think it's going to get better. I know there's struggles in certain franchises, but overall, I think you as an owner and the leadership group should be very happy with how the the season has gone so far? Um, we have very good competitive matchups and rivalries in the West. We got a tight race in the Atlantic at this point. We have no idea who's going to you know compete with Texas Elite. So, pretty uh, right. exciting season, you would say, right?
3: Absolutely. I think this has been one of the best. Um, you know, every team has improved. Um, I think the the level of our streaming from you know across the league has improved, which for fans is huge. I know last Saturday. We were out at a you know beach party and we were able to pull up women's football and just sit back and watch it that for you know years was unheard of so um, I'm just so proud to be a part of this league and what they're doing and how they're pushing the envelope and you know I love that our team is one of the ones that's helping move that forward you know with the, the quality of our stream, with the level of play that we're putting on the field giving our fans something that they can cheer for it's it's been a really great season
1: now um uh, nenji. The players from 2019 to 2020, 2021, basically, I think a lot of the players that I've messaged and talked to, they really feel it now because they're front and center like the NFL. I mean, you've got to put up a good show almost every week. You know, it, it basically step up your game as, as your, you know, your hashtag was. So a lot of the players really understand how they're going to take this league to a, a staple league where maybe the big, the big gorilla is going to notice. And, and support it in that sense, but you got to put a great on-field product. And I think uh, overall, some uh, some of the top ten teams are doing that. There's obviously work to be done in the lower middle to the you know to the bottom, but uh, you know in, mm-hmm. in terms of overall scope, I think the top ten teams in this league are really committed to higher uh, higher quality of play every week.
3: Totally agree. Um, And I think that's what our league is pushing for, is making sure that that top 10 turns into top 15 turns into top 20, Um, because that's what's going to move women's football forward. It's not about adding more teams. It's about making the quality of those games and teams better. Um, And so that's one thing that we love about the WNFC, is they are really pushing for excellence. You know, they want every team that's part of this league to meet a certain level of expectation, both on the business side of it and on the field side of it. So we've done, you know, we've been striving to make sure that our on field product matches our business product, matches the quality of our stream, and so we're we're finally there. We're we're clicking on all cylinders offensively, defensively. And so for us it's just about making sure that, you know, we're taking it one game at a time and we're doing the things that we've been doing that have made us successful and that we just keep grinding that way, uh off season, keep recruiting more athletes, turning them into football players.
1: Uh, Ninji, twenty twenty two because of COVID, we didn't have really much of an attendance factor and things like that. But as an owner, are you excited? Uh, you know, California obviously is going to open up. Uh, I believe today was the open, the reopening. Today, um,
3: yeah.
1: Right. So it became such a, you know, a kind of a late situation. But 2022, if everything is back to some sort of normality in terms of attendance, in terms of all that, I really think this is uh, – going to take off in a way where locally, regionally, I mean, you can stack about two to 3,000 fans uh, basically in each, uh, each market, and that would be a start, not including anything you would uh, be able to revenue-wise in terms of a buyer stream.
3: Right. Yeah, I definitely think that's, that's going to be the case. I know that um, we're finally able to open up ticket sales to, you know, the general public for our first home game. It was very limited. We just, you know, friends and family, everybody got a certain number of tickets that they could sell. Uh, and so that for us was hard because, you know, the fan, fan base wanted tickets, and we said, we're sorry, you know, we just can't do that yet. So I think um, we're going to have hopefully a pretty big crowd at this next game. I know we've already had people hitting us up for tickets. So we're really excited. And, you know, one of the things that we're hoping to do is, is give San Diego Some more quality football to watch with the chargers having moved um you know we want to be that team we want to be san diego's football team so we're we're doing everything we can to get eyes on our on our squad
1: awesome i I really appreciate you making the time i know you're uh doing your thing getting prepared for las vegas but i thought it was nice to have you uh, come on to speak to it to kind of preview the game this weekend It's going to be a challenging matchup, I think, between you and, uh, like you said, Deion Lee. So we're looking forward to a real class and a really exciting game.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a great one. Um, You know, we always look forward to playing tough teams like Vegas, especially with them being as hot as they are this season. So it's it's going to be a grind, but it's going to be great for the fans to watch. And that's what you want in women's football.
1: All right. uh, So if you guys don't follow San Diego Rebellion, go to San Diego Rebellion on Facebook. I believe it's uh, SD Rebellion on Twitter and also San San Diego Rebellion on IG. Am I correct?
3: That is correct. All
1: right. So you guys can direct message them for uh, any type of, uh, you know, information for 2022 as well as tickets and everything else that's going to happen. So, Nanjeeb, we're always a pleasure to talk to you, uh, one of the uh, pioneers and champions in our sport. And I really uh, appreciate that. And then, top-notch QB in 2021. So looking forward to this class with the Silver Stars this weekend on WNFC TV.
3: Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate you inviting me. All
1: right. Have a great night, okay? Thank you once again. Appreciate Thank
3: it. Thank you. All right, you as well. Have a good one. Bye.
1: All right, guys. Uh, Ninji Martin, uh, Team USA champion, also uh, just a, a pioneer in the sport. She's done amazing things for the sport. Uh, an, an ambassador for the sport, a real awesome coach as well. And she runs an awesome organization. want to bring her on here because this is a huge clash this weekend uh, in Las Vegas. It's the silver stars up, you know, what a great season they've had. Now they're going to face the top and the West coast minus the Utah uh, Falcons. And that is the San Diego rebellion. And they have had an amazing season and n- talk about defense, San Diego rebellion defense. I mean, they have shut down everybody that they faced this, this season. So uh, really good defense going up against Deion Lee, who I know just just edging to get uh, you know that win and, and give the rebellion, their blemish, uh, one tag on there. But uh, San Diego, like she said, look, not, not looking past them, looking forward to the great clash. It's going to be on WNFC TV. You can get it right there. Go to Facebook.com forward slash WNFC. Go to w- WNFCfootball.com. Get the whole lowdown of what's happening this weekend in the WFC. As the playoffs approach, we have one week to uh, basically towards the road to the 9 Cup, and it's going to be really awesome to see who is going to make that change over um, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, what an impressive season for them, too. Kerry Walters. we had him on here, Christy Acasio, and Dion Lean, the addition to the coaching staff, really made a big difference from a 2019 start And I I think that's going to be a great matchup this coming weekend. One of the ones that we're going to circle on, we're going to talk to uh, Mark Simone about it uh, in in a couple minutes here. And breaking down the the playoff scope, you also had, um, you know, Texas uh, against La Muerte. La Muerte really just didn't have much competition because, uh, I mean, overly, overly uh, matched. In other words, that's what I'm saying. They were overly matched. Uh, We know Liz Landry and company, in the Texas elite Spartans, they were just beasts. but you got to hand it to La Muerte. They did their job. They, you know, the two, two, two toughest teams in terms of the WNFC, number one ranked, uh, Texas elite Spartans and number two ranked Utah Falcons. They took them on. And unfortunately they, the result is the same when they, other teams play them. So there was no difference there. We were hoping for La Muerte to score. We were hoping for La Muerte to put up some points, but, uh, Billy Avalos and company out there. You know, two weeks in a row they faced the number one and number two ranked teams in the WFC, and what a uh, uh, an experience! I think so much for La Muerte because they got to see what top level competition is going to look like, and uh, if they want to get into the playoffs, it's a situation where they got to step up step up the game. So, uh, but uh, what a, what a matchup there! And then the other the other matchup that we are going to be talking about is Kansas City Glory to Matty Roses a couple weeks ago. They are looking towards the playoffs. They really want to be in that Atlantic Conference mix. And I really uh, think that that's going to be a case too where they're going to get in. Hopefully, uh depending on what's happening with the scheduling this week and next week who drops off, Kansas City really on the outside looking in, but they have a shot to see if they can get in to the into the games as well. So, we're going to uh, we're going to be diving into the WFA Massey ratings as well, plus the WNFC Uh, rankings, and we're going to be talking to uh, backseat coach uh, Mark Simone here in a couple minutes here. So uh, let's go into the Monkey Night Fight promo here. Make sure you go to Monkey Night Fight. You can play NBA, MLB, you can play PGA, MMA, anything of props there. So check it out. Use code NJF.
2: is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit, up to fifty dollars.
1: Mark, uh, welcome to the Blitz three seventy seven. Just uh, had just talking to Nenji Martin here, and uh, what a season San Diego Rebellion's having right now. Mark, are you on? I think he was on, right?
4: Absolutely. Can
1: you hear me? me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Uh, Are you there? Okay, no problem. Go ahead and call back. I think we're having probably line problems, but go ahead. All right, well, we'll uh, wait for Mark to call back here and see if he can get back on there. I think it's the line. I don't know if it's us with the line because I know Ninji was having problems with the line as well, so I don't know if it's us or... Uh, you know, the connection out there. So we'll wait for Mark here to call back in a second here, and then we'll get back on there. But uh Kansas City really making a, a statement in terms of trying to get into the playoff mix for the WNFC. We also had, you know, some of the programs for this season, somewhat disappointing. Nebraska off 2019 just completely dropped off the map. Carolina is a brand-new team, and we knew they were going to somewhat struggle too. But uh overall, um some of the new teams that came in this this season, we knew they were going to struggle, and but uh, Nebraska is somewhat of a disappointing season for them given uh, the results for this year. So let's bring in Mark once again. Let's try to get him on here. Uh, Mark, can you hear me now?
4: Absolutely, sounds much better.
1: All right. So I don't know if it's our connection or I don't know what happens sometimes with the phones. It it you know drops off and comes back on. Um, Mark, I just talked to Nenji. Uh, what a great season San Diego's had so far. Uh they're getting ready for Vegas this weekend. As she said, defensively they've played a really good uh, ball all all season. So uh should be an interesting matchup Dion Lee against uh
4: Nenji Martin here. Absolutely. You know, I we've been watching this team uh take form over the last, you know, couple 3 years and um you know, Nenji's been at it nonstop. Uh you know, she's really on a mission to develop this team into a powerhouse. I mean, she used to play for the San Diego Surge. Um, So, you know, she's been on a team that has reached the top um, of the women's football world. So um, she's doing a great job, and and this season, uh, you know, they've been off the hook. As you said earlier, you know, that defense has been very, very tough. It will be – it would be very interesting to see uh, what they can do in the playoffs, um, especially if they can advance to the uh, conference finals.
1: The good thing about it uh, with this, this year, as I was mentioning to her, is la- the, the, in 2019 she was literally the offensive show. And so that was kind of, kind of brutal to watch. But at the same time, we already knew why. And this year it's transitioned out where, she, like she said, the recruiting and everything else, they got a better balanced run game. They don't have to, you know, she doesn't have to force herself into the mix so much. She can pass the ball as well. And then the, the reliance on a on a good defense, obviously, that's a blessing in itself when you play football because if you get down or you make a mistake, at least you know that the defense is there to try to bail you out.
4: Absolutely. You know, I mean, it, she's been building this tree, team brick by bit, brick, as it were, um, just putting the building blocks, putting all the pieces together. It takes time. And um, you have to be dedicated, and and she's been dedicated, and she's surrounded herself with um, the right people and the right pieces on a playing field. Um, And um, you can see that improvement, you know, especially especially this season.
1: All right, uh, Mark, we said uh, Mississippi would have to literally run the table to be a factor in the Atlantic, and I I believe they listened to us because – it was a tough battle against Atlanta and a disappointing loss for Atlanta, 21-17, but the Mississippi doing
4: their part last week and then this this week. It's I, Last week in the WNFC, especially in, in the Atlantic Conference, was pretty wild, you know. Um, and, you know, when you look at things, you just don't know how it's going to shake out as far as the uh, playoff positioning goes and, you know, they have two more weeks to uh sort of show their best stuff um and try and grab a, a playoff slot um Mississippi you know they they played really well against Atlanta um and they didn't flinch when they when they got down they came back and they scored that go ahead touchdown and they held on to win they get the Avengers next which is Probably going to be a win, and then they'll be on a three-game winning streak. And then they face the fire. It's the last game of the season. You know, the Alabama fire is right now, um, you know, the number two team in the Atlantic. Uh, but I'm going to say all bets are off in that one. Like, we just don't know what's going to happen. Um, it seems like Mississippi's gotten, um gotten some momentum going, and they're a dangerous team. I'll put it that way. They're a dangerous team right now.
1: I see Regina Jackson really playmaker, making really good plays, good decisions, uh, minimizing her, uh, you know, uh, the interceptions. Really under uh, understanding the scope of it. Atlanta, uh, we talked about that in the beginning of the year. Remember, we said it, they they can play grid ball, but can they play high offensive, you know, ball? And it looks to me like that's going to be a detriment to them defensively they're really good they're holding down opponents but can they
4: score more points than their opponent that's right that that definitely concerns me they're they're uh, seemingly seemingly unable to generate offense uh, consistently now you know there there are times when you know they they seem to flip a switch and they march down the field and and score um, but it's just it's inconsistent you know yes the defense the defense is pretty stout but um you know it makes it makes me nervous when they they can't turn um the offense you know, on when they when they need it you know they it was just it was too little too late um you know in this game it it seemed like you know they could have been able to put up more points but but they just didn't and that's what it always seems like with the phoenix you know they're their offensive output, the best game they had was 34 points against the Panthers earlier in the season, um, which is good. But then it just crept downward, 21 against the Prodigy, 13 against the Avengers, who you know you should think that they should be putting up more points against the Avengers. Um, and then 21 points uh, this time against the Panthers, and this time it was not enough. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, that's 17 points against the Panthers. Just it's, that's not enough, man. Now they're going into play the uh, the Alabama Fire, and that's a tough game to win. They might end up three and three, and if they end up three and three, you know the chances that they are in the playoffs uh, doesn't look too good. But then again, yep. the other teams in that conference, uh, Washington and Philadelphia, in particular you know, we don't know uh, who's going to be able to string together a couple of wins to claim that playoff spot. So it's just pretty chaotic right now in the Atlantic Conference.
1: The Atlantic Conference is kind of crazy because, to your point, everybody could be munched in into the middle, and it's going to be like a tiebreaker mentality. You know what I mean? Who scores more points? You're going to have to go into a tiebreaker uh, in terms of differentiating who's going to get a, a slot in and who's not going to get a slot in. So I guess it's a good thing for the WNFC in that way, right? It's competitive, and there's like four or five teams that really want to get in. So it's going to be a matter of maybe, uh, you know, the the numbers deciding that, which which always is a bummer (laughs) instead of deciding on the field. But we could see that.
4: Yeah, well, you know, it's definitely keeping me on the edge of my seat. And you're right, like the downside is, you know, they're going to be, a t- you know, a team or two or three who don't get into the playoffs, and, you know, you feel like they could have just, if they just did this or that, they would be in there. That's how close it seems to be between, you know, Atlanta, Washington, Philly, and, and now Mississippi, you know, with their big win. All right. Um, are we not surprised
1: that Denver was going to run the two weeks with wins because you said it? It should, they were probably the better team uh with the you know against nebraska back to back weeks, but uh, at this point three and two denver they really need to start looking at those wins as non wins in my view because they really need to step up for the next the next matchup if they're going to get into the playoff run uh they they really need to start looking about they put seventy what a lot of points on Nebraska but nebraska and they get they get Los Angeles to struggle all season. Um so I if I was Denver, I'm not fooling myself with the amount of output
4: you put out because that's not going to count at all. Yeah, it, it's kind of too bad, you know. They they could put up 100 against Los Angeles, you know, in their next game and it's not going to help them. You know, this is their schedule kind of worked against them. You know, they've got to They've got two big games on their schedule, right, uh, Las Cruces and Utah. They had them at the beginning of the season, and, and that's a tough road. And When you lose both of those games, you can't make up for it, you know, um, by when, you, when the teams you end up playing basically are like the bottom three or four teams in the league. There's just not enough. You can't get enough juice there. Even though their offensive output has been impressive, and you know let's let's not just brush past that you know these point uh these point uh that they scored in the games are are a lot like 40 60 72 72 you know and um you know it, it seems like they have the ten, you know the talent on their roster to um maybe make some noise if they get into the playoffs but they're just they're not going to get into the playoffs they can't get over the hump with um, with this schedule, you know, I don't think anybody knew that at the beginning of the season. It just, you know, it just didn't work out that way. It's bad I luck. think
1: their only grace, saving grace will be if La Muerte somehow falters in the next two weeks. Here, they're they're taking on the Prowlers unless the Prowlers can surprise La Muerte and La Muerte really doesn't uh, they get back to back against Phoenix. So it's going to be a matter of, you know, whether Phoenix surprises us and. Gives the Muerte, uh, you know, two losses in a row, which would be a bummer. To end the season on four losses consecutively, right. but
4: that would be the only, think, the only yeah. way
1: Denver would basically get in.
4: Yeah, you know, I'll say I'll never say never because you know wilder things have have happened, um, and you know uh, Las Cruces is, you know, they're on a slide right now. They just played the two toughest teams in the league. And, um, you know, even though they're the two toughest teams in the league and you, weren't, you were underdogs going in, you know, it doesn't feel good to lose. And that, that can kind of affect you. Um, but, you know, it, I'm pretty sure that they'll come out on top over the Phoenix Prowlers. But, um, yeah, if they, you know, if they don't have a good showing against the Prowlers, I mean, that, may, that might open the door for, for Denver. It's a it's a real long shot. I have to say, it. it's a real long shot. Are we disappointed, Mark, that Seattle
1: has struggled so much? I know there's a lot of roster changes there. There was a coaching change. Um, you know, it just it, it just didn't happen for them. Um, at this point, they're you know they they ran into a Las Vegas team that's just on the up right now. I think that they've improved a lot. And given Dion's in, in charge now with some of the coaching, and given Carey and everybody else, they're working there. Uh, I really think that that's the case. Um, so if they drop to Oregon this next week, uh, Majestics, I mean, they go one and four, pretty detrimental season for them. Everybody was high, high had high hopes at the beginning, and then Oregon uh, would be like two and three, I believe, at that point. So I would say for Oregon, it would be pretty successful if they ended up at three and three for the season.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, if they end up at 3-3 three and three of the season, that's definitely a, um, um, a good season for, for the Ravens at, at this point. Um, I think this is their second year. Is this their second season? Um, possibly third season. But, um, you know, given the competition that they faced, you know, if they come out of this 3-3, uh, three and three, yeah, they're definitely happy. Um, the, the Majestics have definitely not had the season they envisioned. Um, you know, you're right, you're right with, you know, coaching changes, and there's just been a little bit of instability, and, um, when they went into Las Vegas to play, you know, they lost a couple players to concussions, unfortunately, and, you know, a couple other players to to heat exhaustion, um which, you know, makes it hard and they they showed up shorthanded already. So that was just a, that was a rough game for them. Um but uh, the bottom line the bottom line is though, you know, they didn't win the game and um they you know, they have three losses against uh the stronger teams in in their conference in San Diego and Las Vegas. Um they They faced the Falcons for the last game of the season, so that's going to be a very tough one to win um so not you know not the season they were hoping for um they definitely want to get this win um against the Ravens just to you know you know have have something to to build upon. I think next year you know they'll have a little bit more stability um and they should come out stronger than they, they did this year. It just wasn't in the cards for them.
1: I really think it's a regrouping type mentality for them now. I mean, two weeks in the season, they, they they're, it's going to be tough for them to even get a win at this point, uh, given their state uh, where they're at. But uh, overall, I think disappointing would be the word, and it's kind of a regroup for 2022 for them. Um, same thing for Nebraska, same thing for Carolina, right? Um, Phoenix, yeah. we don't know what they'll end up at this point. Uh, but for the most part you just finish the season strong and try to be you know, try to stay competitive as much as you can. But uh there some of these teams are looking for twenty twenty two, that's it. That's just the way it's gonna be. Um Kansas City, we talked to Maddie Rosas cats ago. She said, Hey, we're 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 chasing for the Atlantic playoff spot and uh she's not lying. Thirty nine to zero, uh, taking down the Houston Heat.
4: Yeah. Um it's a, that's a good if, if if you know you're trying to get in the playoffs that's a good score to have um against the heat you know, you want to shut somebody out and you know put up some crooked numbers on the board there um and, and they did that um you know the tough the tough thing is it's the same with denver it's 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 in the west it's like getting over the hump there's so many teams in the atlantic conference and um so it, you know it's hard. It's hard for Kansas City to like get in there, and um, um, you know they will have an opportunity uh, in the last week of the season to, to face the Spartans, and if they can, you know if they can do something against them, um, then they might be able to might be able to get some uh, um, some. Help their ranking out. Now I'm not really sure um, how the rankings rankings play into the playoff picture, if 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 that's the source of the seeding, um, as opposed to say you know overall record or something. But I suppose if they have the rankings, they probably do um, determine the seeding. So the
1: seeding the seating will be uh, will be considered with the ranking pro- first, and then
4: you would do tiebreaker is my understanding. Yeah. So we'd go with
1: the tiebreakers.
4: If, if that's the case, like as with everything, your last impression is the one that weighs heaviest. So if Kansas city can come out against uh, the Texas elite Spartans and look impressive, that might get them past some of the other teams that are in front of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mark,
1: what do we say of Washington? They they had a really good uh, a leg up on Philly. Philly was sliding, and they needed this win. We talked about last week. We knew we 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 mentioned Philadelphia really needed to get this win. Not so much Washington, but Philly really needed a rebound after that Alabama uh, loss.
4: Yeah, you know, it it was a uh, it was a really interesting ball game, and you know, I, I had I had a feeling that philadelphia might be able to to win that game and um before i had mentioned um when washington uh, won just the week before um the only touchdown that philadelphia had gotten was like on a big play and um but they were too far behind for it to make a difference in that game in this week in in this last week's game um Philly did win on a on a big play, and the big difference was they were tied at the time instead of playing from behind. So when Philly is not playing from behind, it obviously gives them a, a really good chance to win on a big play, which is which is what happened. So Philly's defense played much better. And I just have to say these two two teams are very evenly matched, and. Um, I think along with that, Atlanta, we've, we've just seen that, that these teams are, are really pretty close. Um, good on Philadelphia for not like just letting it go; like they they were not going to, you know, just let it slide away. Um, they they put up a good fight and they they pulled out that win. Um, and now we don't know who's going to get into the playoffs in the Atlantic just yet.
1: Well, I can tell you this will be a deciding week, uh, given Alabama just routed uh, Florida in the second half. They, the Florida, I have to commend them; they stayed pretty close in the first half, and then it sort of just got away from them. Uh, I think it was like twenty-seven twenty uh, up to the halftime, and then after that, they just they just you know do what they do. Regina Jackson and company. I mean, uh, Regina Jackson, um, Alabama, and you know and, and company just
4: did you know they just. Defensively shut them down in the second half, pretty much. Yeah, and then they just kept rolling. I mean, you have to be able to make second half adjustments if you're going to be one of the top teams in the league, and then it's a really hard thing to do. It's it's uh, um, it's it's not easy. So, but Alabama has has the ability to do that, and and they you're right they did they just just ran ran away with it. Um, Florida's another team that maybe not having the season that they had envisioned at the beginning of the year. Um, but uh, they are going to face the Mississippi Panthers. And, you know, if you want to raise your profile, that seems like a good game to get a win on. Um, it's a tough opponent, one that's on the rise. Um, if, if you can get that win, then, then you'll have something to, to build on going forward.
1: Well, uh, let's finish up with Utah. We already knew Utah was going to run the table. Someone like the Texas Elite Spartans we started at the beginning of the year. Unless something really drastic happened. Um, Gina Magana, you added Holly Custis. Uh, you know, you have a veteran quarterback, Luis Bean. Pretty stout defense as well. Um, so, I mean, they're pretty balanced. And then the way they run their offense is uh, always, you know, you just got to stop it. It's just the way it is. I mean, they they, they just shove it down your throats. And they're just asking you to stop it, and somehow nobody's figured out how to do that except for Texas
4: right <laughs> it's uh you know, I think roster size has uh something to do to do with that. I think they have uh, comparable roster sizes, and um you know the substitutes in most cases are nearly as good as as the starters and when you have that kind of a team um it makes, a big, it makes a big difference, especially on defense. If the people who are coming in to, to relieve the starters can do just as good a job, you know, you're going you're gonna to be able to shut down teams with good offenses.
1: All right, Mark. So let's, let's go into a week seven preview for the WNFC. Critical week for a lot of teams to make the playoffs. Critical week, especially in the Atlantic. As you said, it's, this is tight. The Atlantic is like nobody can afford to lose. If you're in that hunt, Mississippi, for example, cannot afford to lose to Florida, as you mentioned right here. Um, Alabama yeah, against yeah. At, Atlanta, this is a, a must-win for Atlanta, right? They got to put up or shut up or their season's done. This is it. This is the last week for them. Um, Kansas City, taking on Nebraska, must-win, cannot have a letdown there. They, they got to win. They just got to punch it in be like – to your point, they get Texas after that, so they got to put they got to put the W up, right? And then you have La Muerte against Phoenix. This is an opportunity for the Prowlers. If you're listening, Prowlers, this is an opportunity to completely, uh, you know, devastate La Muerte for the last two weeks because this is this is this is like your season, right? You're not going to do anything at this point, so why not punch in two Ws if you can? That's right.
4: I mean I mean that's if if the prowlers like knock out uh Las Cruces and like knock them out of the playoffs by beating them, I mean that you're gonna have a rivalry there for uh, oh, yeah. for Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That South South the uh, Southwest it will instantly become a bitter mentality. <laughs> sort of like yeah. Los Angeles against San Diego of two thousand nineteen or Seattle San Diego. So yeah, looking forward to that one actually. Um, you know, because I think the Phoenix is, like, off this bye week. I mean, to them it's like, okay, our season's somewhat done. It's just a matter of, you know, winning two games. And I think if they if they really take pride in themselves, this is it. And with winning two games, they really
4: can crush La Muerte's hopes even on a playoff run. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I hope they're going going into this game with that sort of mentality, you know. Yeah, because I think that's what they need. They
1: really need to look at it that way. Um, Seattle, Oregon, uh, both teams in the same boat, right? Just a matter of who wants to just, you know, get a W at this point, because they're both pretty much – I think they're both like one in three at this point. So it's just a matter of who wants to win. And Oregon, it would be impressive for Oregon in terms of the rivalry, interstate rivalry, to take down Seattle. And Seattle just, like you said, having just a bad season and – it would be nice for them to kind of just get this win against their, uh, you know,
4: interstate rivals. For real, yep. And Oregon's going to be facing San Diego after that, so probably not going to get a win there. So this is probably the Ravens' last chance to pick up the W, and same for same for Seattle. Yeah, and
1: then you get the clash of uh, what we just talked about with Nenji Martin here. San Diego hosting Las Vegas Silver Stars. Uh, you know, Dion is just chopping at the bits to give the Rebellion that one loss. Just you know what I mean? Because they, they get this win, Rebellion's five and zero, uh, and Las Vegas would love. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure as any coach, right? Just love to give that undefeated
4: team a loss. Oh yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can give, you know, just leave that blemish on on your rival's record, I mean, that's definitely going to feel good. But, you know, these two teams, they might see each other in the playoffs. You don't know. So, and also, you know, going back to the Las Vegas Showgirls day, like the San Diego Surge was always a thorn in their side. Like, Mm so I'm pretty sure um, just because of Coach Lee's history going back that far, um, he wants to get a little bit of payback.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, this is going to be a good game. This is one of the games that I'm circling uh, that we certainly are going to have to watch. Uh, the other game we're circling is obviously Alabama fire against Atlanta. to we'll see how they're going to do. Uh, Mississippi, keep an eye on that and see, like you said, to your point, see if Florida will surprise us. Um, the rest of the two games, is uh, the, or the remaining game, is Texas late Spartans against Houston Heat. So Houston, come for margaritas because you're going to leave with just fluids, pretty much, and exhaustion. Uh, just, I just don't see Texas dropping this one. No, no, I, I definitely don't see that happening either. So that's uh, going to be week seven in the WNFC, June nineteenth. Go to wnfcfootball.com, go to wnfc TV, and watch the lowdown, the multicast, plus the single games there. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool, don't you think, uh, Mark? All season long, like I told ninji this has been a pretty cool season, actually, for the WNFC. It kind of, uh, you know, with the streaming, the multi-streaming, you are able to watch it, you, you know, get your popcorn ready, chill out on Saturdays, and get the replays on Vimeo. Um, so I, I, I applaud
4: them. They've done a great job so far this year. I, I agree. I think they've done a really great job, um, you know, being able to watch all those games on Saturday with a multi cast um is pretty awesome. Like I, I I like watching football that way. Um and I I'm glad they're doing it. I I think um I think it's 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 the best thing going as far as uh, watching games go. Um Yeah, what can I say? It's been a, it has been a good season. You know, they just have a good number of teams here. Um and you know, it's competitive, and look, look, we're getting toward the end of the season, and there's still playoff spots, you know, up for grabs, and we don't know who's going to get them. It's been a very entertaining season.
1: I think we're, we're so used to NFL-like mentality that uh, we, got to, we want to thank the WNFC for bringing the NFL-like type of crunch mode <laughs> to us. Uh, I think this is interesting, especially the Atlantic's, You know, so shout out to all the owners in the Atlantic. Uh, the, all the teams out there, uh, this is going to be to the end, right? It's For us fans, it's like, oh, my God, who's going to – it's like we're rolling the dice. Who's really going to get in? Who's not going to get in? Now we're talking about four teams with the same records, right? We're talking about, okay, is it going to be a tiebreaker? The rankings going to – you know what I mean? It's like now we're, like, building
4: up for scenarios. Right, absolutely. I mean, in the Atlantic, it looks like there's going to be a lot of four and two teams, you know, and – you know, more more than there are playoff spots for. So um, you're gonna fe- you're gonna feel bad for some teams uh, once the playoff comes and they're on the outside looking in. But you know what? I mean, that's that's why you have a league. That's why you play the games. You know, you you just have keep grinding, keep grinding, and see who comes out on top.
1: Now, Mark, uh, we didn't. Uh, we're gonna go into WFA, but let's talk about the. Kelly Branson and uh, a DUI incident, uh, one of those, you know, shocking situations for us as, you know, we follow her for a long time with DC divas team USA. Um, so, you know, we, we talked about it off air. Um, it, it's just, I, I just think it was just, uh, you know, poor judgment in, in that sense. We know, we know what she's made of. We know she's better than that. I think all of us at any point in our lives make some sort of mistake at this point. So unfortunately it's something that happened, um, She's owning up to it. The uh, the Browns did make a decision on her. Everybody's worst case scenario was okay, they're gonna, you know, uh, lose, her, uh, end up losing her job. But uh, Coach Stefanski obviously knows her better than that and understands that obviously that was just a mistake that she made and something that I think Callie will go forward with and uh, not try to make that judgment again. You know, especially when it has to do with. Um, you know, putting herself in harm's way and then maybe injuring other people. And that's always the case when you have alcohol involved. But uh, overall, um, I think it was a bad tragedy type situation, but nothing tragedy in terms of, like, loss of life on the, on either side. So that's a blessing in itself. And the fact that the team really saw uh, and said, hey, you know what, uh, we obviously know that you made a mistake, but we're going to go ahead and keep you on board as well.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't say that a mistake wasn't made, and I don't think there's anybody or uh, I think everybody is happy that uh, no one got hurt in a in a a situation where someone potentially could have gotten hurt. Um, but I, you know, I know a lot of people. A lot of people have a lot of different feelings and perspectives, and you know, I don't mind picking apart like football teams and the games that they play. Uh, I don't really want to pick apart a person's life or, uh, you know, personal mistakes or anything like that. But I do know that a lot of football fans um, uh, probably feel uh, in some way, have, a, have a, like a negative feeling uh, about what happened, understandably so. Um, so I want, to leave, I want to leave everybody with... Uh, My perspective, um, um, you know, I was glad to hear that – well, let me put it this way. There are a lot of people out there who think that women coaching in the NFL um, is uh, uh, just some sort of posturing, uh, doing a politically correct thing or uh, virtue signaling or Mm -hmm. some sort of city stunt, okay, If that were true and then this situation happened, it would have been very easy for the Browns to say, okay, you're fired, and, you know, we're done. We don't really need to, you know, hire another woman again because we already did that. Um, But that's not what happened. They didn't fire her. They kept her on the team. and And the reason they did that is because, you know, it was because of merit, all right? Mm-hmm. she is an asking to mm-hmm. that team all right she 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 works hard and she does her job well she makes the team better by being a part of the team and it, it it doesn't you know any of the naysayers who say that you know this whole thing is just for show you know they can they can just shove it now basically because it's been shown even in the worst case scenario right a person who has proven her worth, you know, did not get fired in that situation. So, you know, that's what I – that's one of the good things I think I take away from this, you know, making lemonade out of lemons, if, if you want to put it that way. Um, just something to think about. Key is uh, visibility
1: and responsibility, Right. To visibility and responsibility. So, like you said, on a social media storm, uh, you're going to get all that. Like, like you mentioned before, some of the backlash you're going to get. The the people that felt that, like you said, it was just a you know situation where she's positioned there just because of of that, not a merit situation. But she's you know she's proven herself through the ranks. She's worked herself through the college ranks. She worked herself through you know uh, the coaching ranks. Um, I, I really think that it's an outside of the football incident which is no different than you would have, like, a player with some sort of uh, situation that happens outside of the football, right? And they have to be assessed and and things have to be taken into account. So she was uh, suspended uh, ultimately by the uh, Browns in itself and, no, and not further from the NFL. And they see value in her, and we all know what she's made of and what she's capable of. So the contributions that she made in the season – to the Browns filling in for that, uh, coaches that were not available and things like that. I think uh, that's uh, a situation where there's her merit to your point. And I think she's going to learn from this. And she took responsibility, obviously, because she has to pay a fine and she's got to you know, pay the suspension. So going forward, I think she's going to think twice about what she's doing outside of work and how the repercussions go in terms of her you know, status as a coach now you know, on an NFL team like everybody else does. But overall, everything turned out great. There was no tragedy. There was no loss of life. Uh, it was just a situation where the, um, you know, it's a suspension-type situation where it's a fine for the DUI. So we wish Callie uh, a great season in 20 upcoming NFL season and the contributions she will do to the, to the Browns. So I know they'll be better. Uh, it's pretty exciting times for them uh, to get better. And the fan base there, I think, is going to be appreciative in terms of what she contributes to the next season. But Overall, the articles are right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash from various news sources. Uh, it was kind of, kind of like a trend, social media trend at the time. So you can take a look at it at the hub if you want. So, um, all right, Mark, let's go to the WFA. And I, went here, I wanted to break down WFA Division Three first first because it's kind of like the division to break down because uh, Division One and Division Two is kind of straightforward in a lot of senses. But Division Three is kind of like has to be broken down in a lot of ways. So um, thanks to uh, Michael Burmey at Home uh, hometown women's football for doing some of the breakdowns and giving us also something to look at in terms of the rankings and the Massey rankings, uh, the regional rankings. Uh, so division three really is an interesting one in terms of the playoffs aspect of it. So uh, if you take into account capital city and the New York knockouts, both teams on a four game winning streak, so if the playoffs started now as an example, it would be them two meeting up at this point. So
4: kind of great season for both teams. Oh, absolutely. And you know I don't think we've talked about them quite enough to be honest with you. Um uh, both have had impressive seasons. The uh, knockout have been around a few years. Um and um, I'm not sure if they've put together a winning season before this season. Uh, and this season, they they look great. Um, and the Capital City Savages, uh, by the same token, uh, looking pretty strong, having a really great season. Um, uh, very happy for these two teams, and um, it's great that they're going to be rewarded um, by getting entry to the playoffs. Uh, you know, we usually see um, teams like see um the black widows richmond black widows are usually kind of in this position at this time of the year in in the northeast um so it's it's like the new guard now has come in um so so that's great so i mean someone's going to reach there's going to be a new team actually when you look at the whole um if you look at the whole bracket if if they stay this way there's going to be completely new teams uh, reaching the conference finals and the national championship, and that 's really exciting I mean I think that 's what division three should should be like i don 't think you should have Division three juggernauts that um, you know get to the finals like two or three years in a row. Um, I think it should be like lots of new teams every year, so i'm very excited
1: and I think it's going to be make a difference um. You know, Eden uh, Messimer out there in uh, the knockout, she's been pretty much the offensive assault along with uh, uh, Elena Lang. And then on the Capital City, uh, Kyla Wilson and Brittany Adams making the difference there. So they are at this point projected to meet up for the playoffs in the Northeast Division. Outside looking in would be Grand Rapids based on Massey, Richmond, as you talked about right now, and Cincinnati, would be the, uh, the, the the teams that are chasing based on the last uh, week of the season uh, if it changes any outcomes at all um, Southwest music City would be ranked number two right now by Massey two game winning streak Derby city number one coming off that win against Detroit, so that would be week a uh, three three game winning streak for Derby City so this is a sort of a, a rivalry. In that uh, area, so south, southeast, no surprise if they end up here meeting in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, that's right. And you know, on top of all that, uh, they're number one and number two in um, all of Division three. So in this bracket, according to the Masseys, the two best teams in Division three are going to be slugging it out.
1: which I think it's great because uh, it's going to be a situation where Music City could pull the upset on Derby, given Derby's played so well uh, during the season here. So we talked to Thelma Banks on our previous podcast about, you know, what the playoffs going to look like. But uh, at this point, you know, T- Teresa Ortiz-March and uh, Jessica Phelps, they, they got an opportunity here to upset Derby.
4: Yeah, they do. You know, um, they met during the regular season, and uh, Derby City they, they got the shutout win, twenty to nothing. Um, but you know, that's not a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know that the Misfits are preparing for this game. You know, the season might not be over, but they know they're going to play Derby City, and they're getting ready for it. Um, so I'm not going to count them out.
1: Yeah, I think uh, in general you're going to look at a good matchup here for quarterbacks. They played themselves really tight. Um, the difference will be what uh, what B- uh, Buckner and company can do just um, just just to get that win and move themselves deeper into the D3 playoffs. So currently, number one, number two would meet in the southeast, and they're both on literally two game winning streaks. Uh, three for uh, Derby and two for uh music city so that's impressive uh and, and the american conference in the midwest i, I said it before What i say okay c probably needs to move to uh division two coming off that you know all season long i've been saying that so they played some really good competition including mahi uh they're number eight they would face number six iowa phoenix uh so we've, we haven't talked about Iowa, in, uh i think at all this year so it would be Iowa taking on OKC uh lady 4 so if somehow uh OKC gets this win, pretty impressive inaugural season in the WFA
4: oh absolutely i, I mean it's already impressive um um they're a new team in the league they they're not a, you know it's not their inaugural season overall um they existed before but um they they've definitely Uh, Come into the WFA um, as kind of an an unknown entity, and you know they put up some wins. Uh, They you know they beat Tulsa a couple times. Uh, They beat Austin Outlaws, Um, and the two games that they've lost were to the Mile High Blaze, who are you know they're a Division Two team and a tough one at that. So um, there's. It's no shame in those losses. This is a very successful um, first season in the WFA for the OKC Lady Force.
1: So we got a uh, Desiree, uh, I think Damaris, uh, I'm sorry, Damaris Guerra and Desiree Jeffries out there, uh, the two key players for the Force uh, to try to get them, all, you know, into a playoff state. And I think that they're capable of doing that. Uh, the teams on the outside looking in are Houston Power. Gulf Coast and Academia, but I really think, uh, Iowa's, uh, is, you know, Iowa really needs this, uh, staple team in the WFA. If this is a good season for them. See if they can get themselves into the, you know, road to Canton at this point in the Pacific. We're looking at the Capitol pioneers, uh, six winning streak in a row and, uh, undefeated at this point. And they would face Arizona. So a pretty good matchup there too. Uh, Number one Arizona, um, number one Arizona, Arizona versus Capital Pioneers. So that that's going to be a good matchup too. If the, the season started today, it would be them two clashing each other.
4: Yeah, yeah, and um, this this seems like a really intriguing matchup to me. Um, we know that Arizona has kind of run hot and cold, but when they run hot, they run really hot. Uh, the Pioneers have been a bit more more steady right um in in their uh offensive output and in their their defensive um awesomeness as it were um i think you know i might give the uh, pioneers the edge but we're kind of dealing with unknowns here there these are two first year teams um so which is pretty exciting to see them enter the playoffs um but you know the pioneers are—they haven't lost a game. They haven't, lost, you know, given up more than 14 points in a game. So it'd be interesting to see how they match up against Arizona, who have um, been able to score points uh, in some games, and, but not in others.
1: Well, we at this at this point. This matchup is—I uh, was looking over the numbers, and at this point, this matchup would be number one ranked offense against number one ranked defense. So that's what we yes. get.
4: So that yeah, would be I mean, very
1: impressive. Yeah.
4: That sounds like a pretty good matchup, right? <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I mean, and this is for the Marbles to go to the road to the Canton. So one of them is going to be disappointed. Uh, who's going to be, I mean, offensively, uh, the Pioneers, I think, are ranked seventh offens- offensively, but they're ranked number one, only allowing four points the whole season. So it's going to be a tough matchup. For the Outcast, uh, but it's also a tougher matchup for the Pioneer defense to see if they can, you know, sustain and hold hold down the Outcast. I think the Outcast was averaging almost fifty points a game,
4: so it's a a very intriguing matchup on both sides. I think home field advantage might play a very big role in this matchup. Um, There's still time. Right now, I think uh, Arizona has the uh, home field advantage in the playoffs. Um, if, if that happens to flip, that could change the script. Because um, uh, traveling is always hard, right? Whenever a team travels, they never bring everybody they, they have. So um, that could play a big role here in the playoffs.
1: And I think the, the key will be how well will Lisbeth Mesa play? up against the outcasts, because that's going to be the key. Defensively, they're doing really well. Offensively, their their output has not been as great, obviously, as Arizona, not even close, but that's going to be the difference right there. It's like the defense can – can the pioneer defense at this point, um, that's the, going to be the question mark. You know, the, the, the defense themselves, uh, Elise Gutierrez, Elisa Flores, Rebecca Finnerman, uh, Angel Snyder and company, can they shut down and hold down Arizona to to get the win? I know it's been an impressive run for them, six and zero. But when you get to the playoffs, it's it's oh, zero and zero. As you said, Mark, before this is a, a reset,
4: and it's just who wants it more. Yeah, I mean it's going to take a lot of preparation. I you know uh, the more prepared team is going to come out with the advantage. Um, if the the pioneers can. Can really do some solid game planning uh, to handle Arizona's offense um, and have it be successful coming out of the gate um, will be uh, that'll be the main thing that they're trying to accomplish. If they get that done, um, then they they know they're in business and and they have a shot at winning that game.
1: Yeah, I think uh, re- in reality the the uh, Outcast. Uh, defense has, hasn't been too bad they're they're ranked in the middle of the pack but um offensively uh, i think uh you know uh renee ramos and jasmine uh raining out there uh they've done a good job in terms of their so with the good receiving core there as well with uh i believe it's jb good Goodlow, so all those three contributors have uh, done a great job to give the outcast their successful season so far so it's gonna be Pretty uh, pretty interesting class. It's similar at this point. They're not rivals, but it would be a similar class in terms of Derby and Music City in terms of, uh, you know, who's going to move on, given their record out west and, and their successful record out west.
4: So looking forward to that matchup.
1: Yep, yep.
4: I definitely feel like, you know, I definitely feel like we're getting the the best. <laughs> we're getting the best out of this bracket. I think we're seeing some really some really great matchups here, um, you know, all across, you know, all throughout Division Three. I think these are all very intriguing matchups. Uh, I'd like to watch them all. Really exciting
1: uh, at this point. So that's D3 in a nutshell. Thanks to Burmy for breaking it down for us as well. Uh, so you go, go to hometown women's football, get the breakdown there. He does it. He's been doing it week to week up to the playoff setting. So that's what the breakdown is. Capital City would meet up against the New York Knockouts if if the playoffs in D3 started today. Uh, Playoffs are going to be June 26th. Go to WFAProFootball.com. You get the details right there in terms of the road to Canton, plus the tickets and how you get to there. Uh, Southwest, Music City against Derby. It would be OKC against Iowa. Capital Pioneers against uh, Arizona Outcast. So uh, pretty pretty awesome uh, if that going to be our playoff bracketing. It's uh, going to be interesting to have some popcorn, right? Getting ready for popcorn on
4: Saturday. Yes. Um, we also have to keep in mind, you know, there's another week of football play, and the Massey ratings can change pretty wildly. So um, these uh, playoff matchups are not set in stone. Um, so we're just going to have to revisit this next week. Yeah, this
1: is just a, a kind of a, a – what do you call it? A, a – salivating preview of what could be the
4: That's result right. at
1: the end. So we're giving everybody kind of like a, a a future look, thanks to Burmy. He's given us a little bit of a cookie, right? A little bit of a cookie. Not the full cookie. He was giving us a little <laughs> bit of a cookie, like what's going to happen. Uh, so Michael's teasing us a lot, and I appreciate that for throwing the teaser out there for us. Uh, Division II, uh, Mark, National Conference in the Northeast. Baltimore-Detroit, so that's why the game against D.C. is very important this week, considering that it would put them in a good position for the Masseys. They would face Detroit, Detroit taking on your favorite team, the Champs. So it's a crucial matchup for
4: both teams this weekend. It, it absolutely is, and uh, it's, it's because uh, home field is advantage in the first round is at stake here um right now detroit's got home field advantage they're uh ranked um higher than Baltimore but you know if if Baltimore can pr- perform well um or even beat the d c divas um and if we expect things to happen between Boston and Detroit as we do uh with Boston coming out with a big win, you know that might be enough uh for uh, Baltimore to Um, move past Detroit in the Massey ratings and thus gain home field advantage, which would be uh, a a pretty big deal for them. Um, We'll just have to see how it goes with these two games.
1: It's going to be crucial there. Um, In the other side on the southeast, Miami would would take on Jacksonville, so seven versus eight. Uh, They know each other very well. This would be, for obviously, for the road to Canton to continue. So that's going to be pretty awesome. And if you guys uh, missed it, we had Jacksonville Dixie Blues last weekend, uh, last podcast on 376. So you can go back and replay it, and they're pretty excited about their season so far. So it will be Jacksonville vs. Miami, American Conference in the Pacific, the red-hot Mile High Blaze would take on the D3 and now D2 Powerhouse Nevada. That's the one we want to see. Smooth Larry Jones.
4: Yes. Taking on Nevada. Yeah, I want to see this. Um you know I I I watched uh, Nevada uh on in a couple games I watched the video and you can tell that they're tough they can they run the ball really well. Um I don't know um how Mile High is winning their games but they are winning their games. And so this looks like uh, a really really awesome matchup. And this would be
1: a great matchup for the D2 conference Detroit against Baltimore as well um the detroit would be would be chasing a return to the national championship that's what the where Baltimore hasn't been there uh mile High would be chasing that dream as well. Nevada had, was there from the di- lower division and this would be an impressive run as well for them uh there's a crossover game uh, that Burmie put up there, but i I don't know if that's going to be effective or not. It would be uh, energy against sin City that would be the matchup as a crossover game. So it's still interesting Sin city of course is going to be a tough battle this coming week, as I believe they're taking on uh mile high this weekend. So uh shout out to our girl, Lexi DeMeo out there. Uh, good luck again this weekend, uh, against the mile blades. So that's going to be a pretty uh, cool clash in Vegas.
4: Absolutely. Um, um, you know, Sin city can only sort of solidify, um, uh their are standing uh with a good performance against Mahab Blaze. Um it, it would it would take a win for them to be able to flip, but I don't even know if you want to do that. I don't it's hard to be um number two in the Pacific region because you gotta face Nevada. So <laughs> uh um I, I think the
1: and city uh, the Sin so the they, outcome was pretty tough.
4: So right, uh, it was pretty right. pretty So, good battle. The Trojans might prefer to, to take on the Houston Energy, as it were. Um, this is where the mass ratings and you know the bracketing they come together to kind of create these weird situations where, you know, uh, you know, as far as <laughs> the playoffs go, like actually for Sin City to win the game, it, it might not serve them that well. But it, hey, you know. It, both Nevada and in the Houston Energy are tough teams to face, so you know we just want to try and win all the games we can, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, let's go ahead and do the for the fans preview by
1: Brian Sweeney.
0: Hey, football fans! Brian Sweeney voice the Women's Football Alliance Division One National Championship game, and we are in the final week of the WFA regular season. Yeah, this week Minnesota Vixen hope to continue their winning ways as the Dallas Elite Mustangs head north and try to give them their first loss of the season. In the final week of the season, Boston will be on the road to play Detroit. D.C. will host Baltimore. Tampa Bay is at Jacksonville. Caliwar is at Sacramento. Arlington gets a much-needed buy, and in the only Division I versus Division I matchup of the week, this week's Game of the Week will feature the 5-0 Minnesota Vixen hosting the 3-2 Dallas Elite Mustangs. Follow For the Fans HQ on Twitter and Instagram to find where you can watch the Mustangs at Vixen. And remember to follow the Women's Football Alliance on all social media platforms. Tickets are available to the National Championship weekend July 23rd and 24th in Canton, Ohio by heading to www.hofvillage.com and clicking on events. I'm Brian Sweeney. Don't forget to follow me, MR underscore announcer guy. That's Mr. Announcer Guy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right. There's Brian's preview out there for the final weekend of the WFA. Um, So, Cali wore a mark uh, for the game for the fans game this past week 20 to 12. Uh, Arlington did come to play this time around. Um, Cali War basically edging uh, Arlington. It was a pretty close game as well. So uh, Cali War is not the same team that the Renegades took down in 2018 and 19. It is literally a, a different revamp team here in terms of a lot more rookies and the veterans. So there is a situation where there is a difference there if they go into the playoffs. And Arlington, in the same light, they couldn't afford to drop this one. But, you know, Minnesota did do a real good job of containing them, and this game right here is more of an equal footing for them. But uh,
4: Cali does get the win. Yeah, you know, that's a really good win for Cali. Um, When you have a team that – maybe hasn't been uh, performing to its potential or, you know, as good as you were hoping for taking that loss against Nevada, got a lot of rookies on your team who don't have um, um, a lot of experience. Uh, to face a tough team like like Arlington, who brings it to you, and pull out that win the way they did, that's a really good win for Cali. Uh, you know, that it, it's definitely a um, – a good sign of, of things to come for them, um, uh, but it as you say, uh, this is not the same team, and uh, it's not the same team that um, reached the championship game last year. Um, and right now, it looks like Minnesota has the upper hand on on everybody in the uh, in the American Conference for D one, um, but um, The bracket hasn't really changed much in terms of uh, uh, who's going to face who, Um, and we'll see what happens this weekend to see if anything uh, changes. It looks like uh, Cali is going to face Dallas, and Minnesota will face Arlington in a rematch once again.
1: It's going to look exciting. We'll look at D1 next week once the season's over. The Masseys will kind of be more uh, clarified on everything, We'll dissect the D two D three once again to see if what we talked about today is going to change anything at all. But um, this week seven uh, was pretty tight with a lot of a lot of donuts everywhere. Nevada seventy four to zero, Ma High forty to zero over Rocky Mountain. Uh, Nevada took down PDX, which is kind of surprising that they couldn't put up any points on Nevada. But defensively, that defense is really good. Uh, Capital Pioneers nineteen to zero against the Spartans. Spartans play pretty decent ball there, shedding, keeping them down to 20 points. Uh, Dallas Elite, we talked about how they had to win the games that they needed to win. They've been winning them, so now they get to face, um, this next week they get Minnesota, which is going to be a tough challenge for them, but they did put up 36 against Tulsa.
4: Yeah, it's, it, it was a good win for um, the, uh, the Mustangs. Uh, Tulsa, unfortunately, has not had the um, – Season, I'm sure that they were hoping for. Um, have they won a game? I think they might uh, be winless at this point. Um, but you know, that's actually a very um, steady pro- program out there. And we haven't talked much about the Tulsa threat uh, because they are they are winless. But um, I'm sure we'll see uh, uh, better seasons from Tulsa um, next year. Uh, but definitely a good win for for Dallas, who. Um, you know, have struggled against some of the some of the stronger teams, but you know they've, they've collected wins against Austin and Tulsa, um, and now you know they're going up against uh, their um, Midwest region rival in Minnesota, and that's a big game.
1: And I know uh, we talked about Minnesota against Arlington, and I had to eat my my words, but uh, I'm taking Minnesota this time around, so. Hopefully Dallas doesn't uh, surprise me, but uh, I think Minnesota's going to take this game, and I think uh, Dallas needs to come in with just a real uh, understanding that this uh, this Vixen team really wants to get back to the championship, and uh, they're 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 playing pretty high powered offense.
4: Yes, they are. I mean, it, the the Vixen are hard to stop, and um, um, I, I think Dallas. You know, the writing's on the wall for Dallas, but. They are they are going to be in the playoffs, um, and they, um, and uh, Minnesota might be one of their uh, might be their opponent in the playoffs. So, you know, even if they don't have to win this game, this is an important game. You've got to know your opponent, and playing a game against them is the best way to do it. And this could
1: be, uh, like you said, a preview of what they're going to face. So it gives them a little bit of game film to work with and and all that. So. Um... The knockout get edged. They just edge Richmond. That was a pretty good game. So the knockout could have gotten their first loss. Uh, Black Widows really uh, put put a fight up there. And then you had uh, OKC fourteen to six against the Austin Outlaws. Uh, Outlaws are celebrating their twentieth twentieth an- anniversary as a franchise. So fourteen to six, OKC got got barely get the win there as well. And then Orlando takes down Miami uh pretty impressive uh, rebound Orlando after, you know, uh, one bad week about 3 weeks ago. Now they're point here uh, against Dixie. They they almost edged them and uh, they turn around and they get that big win 28 to 20.
4: Yeah, good for them. You know, I it they they haven't had the season that they were hoping for. They they had to forfeit a couple of games. Uh they didn't start out on uh, uh putting their best foot forward, but it it seems like that um the anarchy have um, sort of uh, returned to their form a little bit and um that was a very good win against uh Miami. Unfortunately because um you know Orlando had to take uh, had to um forfeit a couple games they're they're not eligible for playoffs. Um but, you know, it says a lot there that they're playing out the season nonetheless. Um and um, they're going to take on the the Wave Runners and and hopefully they'll finish out the season with a couple of victories.
1: All right, guys, if you uh, haven't subscribed to our podcast, I have no idea why not, but go subscribe on Apple, iHeart, on Block Talk, or any other platform that you can listen to us. Uh, if you are missing out on women's football talk, guess what? We got it right here. Um, uh, Mark Simone, myself, every week, uh, breaking down the WFA WNFC. Pretty exciting uh, feedback that we got from everybody. So, Mark, uh, you're a star. Everybody's uh, very uh, excited to, to listen to you week to week on your insights. So really appreciate you making the time and being here and giving us the breakdown week to week of the action that's happening in the WFA WNFC, which is really cool. Um, but if you haven't subscribed to it, just subscribe to it. I mean, it's pretty easy to do. we got the link right there at the Hub. Uh, you got the Apple link right there. You can go Great Iron Beauty's Blitz, uh, Blitz Podcast on Apple Podcasts, ihearts on spotify everywhere else so really appreciate everybody listening to us and share our podcast if you like it and entertaining every week we have been doing this for almost nine years now uh, it's the best podcast on the planet covering the sport uh we've put in a lot of laboring for it and uh so please uh, support us and just share it it's pretty easy to do and share it to, with a fan that doesn't know about women's american football and they can come listen to us weekly and give uh, get the insights of what we're talking about so um so it's pretty cool, Mark. Everybody's gotten good feedback. Appreciate you coming on and uh, week to week and making the commitment and uh, dedication to spotlight
4: the best uh, women's athletes in the North American swing. Oh, thank you. You know, um, uh, I appreciate it. I love doing the show. And, uh, but you're the real MVP, all right? You put in all the work to make it happen, and um, we all get to reap the benefits of your hard work. So thank you, Oscar. No problem.
1: Really enjoy doing it, and I really appreciate everybody that's helped us out along the way to keep us afloat. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for MonkeyNightfight.com and Zazzle.com. So check out Zazzle.com, uh, forward slash beauties. Check out any of the shirts under $20. Use the codes there. Save some money. Free shipping, Nine ninety nine with Zazzle Black. Uh, check out one of our shirts. It's a no-joke football shirt and all the designs that we have there. Uh, Sport it out and uh, help us out with the podcast as well as MonkeyNightfight.com. Uh, use code NJF. Go play NBA, M- MLB, MMA. It's uh, simple props, more or less. If you got intuitive about it, you can do three times your money. You know, you can make uh, ninety dollars on, uh, you know, thirty dollars. Uh, you can make a hundred dollars, three hundred dollars on a hundred dollars. You can just do a simple five dollar play, and you can make almost fifteen dollars. So, so check it out, monkeyknifefight.com, dot com. Use code NJF. All right, if you guys didn't go to the hub, you can missed out. Check out the hub. Uh, we got we're in Finland now, Mark and then we're going to be streaming into Germany, and then at some point we're going to be in Australia. So uh, Women's American Football doesn't end. It's year-round now for us.
4: Yeah, that's uh, pretty exciting. Um, I remember uh, last year I, I, I watched the Maple League Women's Championship on, um, um, in the fall, um, which was quite amazing because, you know, we're in the, the height of COVID here in the United States, but in Finland they were already back to playing football. It was amazing. Anyways. I, I love having football all year long.
1: And it's a really awesome uh, uh, thanks to our network that we built over 10 years. Thanks to all the contributors to make it possible. And I really appreciate all all them uh, helping us out and giving us the links to the streams and giving us the updates. Don't miss LNFA Feminina 999 Championship this weekend. And it's right up there. All the details are at the hub right there. So really, really appreciate it. So, Mark, once again, we're getting right close to the playoff edge in terms of the WNFC, and the WFA should be decided this coming weekend, and uh, we'll get to kind of dissect the Massey ratings, and uh, I'm pretty sure myself, you, and Burmy are pretty excited as to where some teams are going to land. So it's going to be pretty
4: awesome. Oh, no doubt. This is uh, it's all coming to a head now. Very exciting. Can't wait uh, for next week.
1: Pretty awesome weekend for the WFA. Uh, Some of the key games that we're going to be watching for in the WFA, obviously for the fans, Minnesota taking on Dallas. Um, You have uh, as well as DC Divas against Baltimore, uh, Cali War against Sacramento. Uh, We have Detroit against your Boston Renegades. Uh, What else else? the other games? Let me look it up in the schedule here. Uh, My High against Sin City. So the couple key matchups in the WFA, go to com. get the lowdown on all the schedule right there, plus uh, if you want to get tickets to the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame games, which is about uh, almost a month from today. So check it out at WFAProFootball.com. If you want to check out the WNFC, go to WNFC, uh, WNFCFootball.com and watch WNFC TV, uh, or you can just go to the Hub, right, Mark? Just go to the Hub. Everything will be there. Get yourself there. All right, Mark. Thanks again for coming in. Real appreciate it. We'll be here for three seventy eight as we break down Division One, Division Three, and Division Two in the WFA, plus playoff scenarios in the WNFC. So for Mark Simone, Nate Ward, Mackenzie Brooks, uh, the Hall of Famer Holly Custis, Oscar Lopez, have a great night, everybody. We'll catch you here next week.
2: Play is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.